Hello Puggies and welcome to the Pug Life Show brought to you by Pug Parties because your pug deserves to be the best dressed at the porty and you can check out their outfits at pugparties.com. I'm your host Donna and with me are my Puggy co-hosts Charles and Rosie. In this week's episode I'm talking about the Australian Veterinary Association calling for any dog with a muzzle less than a third of its skull length being banned or being bred or shown because of the suffering caused on the animal. I agree with the call in the article to clean up the breeding community slash industry by expanding and introducing legislation to enable the relevant authorities the ability to enforce safe breeding practices and for the readjustment of breeding standards back to healthy levels so that our pugs can live their best lives with us for as long as possible. What I don't agree with is the focus on a small portion of dogs that have been on the wrong end of the lax breeding laws in Australia due to their popularity. But before we dive in, I want to remind you to subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes so you get advance notice of our next episode and much, much more. Now, Puggies, you know you're a whole lot of dog in a whittle package and adore a puggable to boot, no matter how you look or sound on a hot day, which is why when I see articles calling for the banning of brachycephalic breeds because they're, well, brachycephalic, I get really frustrated to say the least. My non-pug-owning friends know not to ask me about these types of articles anymore because they already know what I'm going to say slash rant over the sorts of comments around these campaigns. So earlier this year, the Australian Veterinary Association was all over the news calling for any dog with a muzzle length less than a third of its skull length banned from being bred or shown because of the suffering caused on the animal. The ABA then went on to explain in the article that it would be a partial ban on breeding, that is, dogs severely affected with brachycephaly should not be bred or shown. The ABA also called for changes in judging criteria for show dogs like pugs, changes to laws that enforce breeders to disclose health issues on purchase of the dog, as well as changes in breed standards to discourage unhealthy expectations of breed features. Now, my first point of contention with the article is the statement inverted commas partial ban and the accompanying explanation by the ABA of what a partial ban constituted. If you're saying that dogs severely affected with brachycephaly should not be bred or shown in Australia, then that's not partial, it's total. It's a call for a total ban of brachycephaly breeding in Australia, such as breeding of pugs. I also don't agree with a call for a blanket banning of breeds from Australia or anywhere else for that matter, due to the irresponsible practices of a minority of the community. I'm unclear as to what banning pugs and other breeds in accordance with the definition provided by the ABA will achieve other than to deprive people of the companion that they want to have in their life. My question is, how does banning the breed and showing of pugs resolve the underlying issue of poor breeding practices through lax or non-existent regulation and enforcement of ethical breeding practices? Unfortunately, the article didn't cover an answer to that question. 
The other interesting contradiction in the article is the section that detailed how the ABA and the RSPCA want to clean up the dog breeding community slash industry by expanding slash introducing legislation to enable the relevant authorities the ability to enforce safe breeding practices and mandate that breeders were to truthfully disclose health and welfare issues that occur with brachycephaly breeds to owners. Now, I actually agree with that, that call. Don't get me wrong. But my thinking is, if you're calling for a partial ban, ban, inverted commas, on brachycephaly breeds, why are you then calling for changes in legislation for breeders to disclose health and welfare issues of the brachycephaly breeds? To be honest, why would you bother changing the legislation since by the looks of the article, both organisations would prefer to go the easy road and just ban them altogether? Wow, Puggies, I'm loving this episode, and I hope you are too. If you haven't already subscribed to our newsletter, then please click on the link in our show notes so you get advance notice of our next guest. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Living the Pug Life, so you can be the crazy pug lady you've always wanted to be with our other like-minded crazy pug ladies. Now it's time to get back to the show. Now, what I would like to see in the future is less talk about banning of selected breeds of dog and more talk about how we can fix the underlying issue, unethical breeding practices and lax legislation in nearly every state and territory of Australia that allows these practices to go unpunished or reported. Why can't the ABA and the RSPCA refocus their campaign efforts on a solution that will yes, take time and effort to achieve, but will benefit the overall pet community in the long run, not just the brachycephaly or part of it. Why can't they support efforts undertaken by organisations such as Oscars Law who are facing an uphill battle to achieve this very goal for all breeds across all states and territories of Australia? It took years to get Oscar's law enacted into Victoria State Parliament, effectively banning puppy farming and the sale of those puppies in pet stores in Victoria. And that is just one state, one down, many more to go before it's finally Australia-wide. And there is so much more that could be done since backyard breeding is still rife and has exploded over the last two years of COVID lockdowns. Every state in Australia has differing levels of legislation banning or unfortunately not banning puppy farming and the sale of puppies in pet stores, with one state still allowing puppy farming with little restriction, which still horrifies me to this day. Why does it take a team of volunteers like the team at Oscars Law to fight the good fight one state at a time? Why can't the collective power of national organisations such as the ABA and RSPCA take a leaf from their book and attack the real issue, not focus on a small portion of dogs that have been on the wrong end of the lax breeding laws in Australia due to their popularity? Now, for me, Oscar's law is an inverted commas breeding ban that I can actually get behind. Our pugs, like never before, fulfill the role of significant companion in our lives and all we want as pugporants is to do what is best for our pug's well-being 
even if that means spending thousands of dollars on surgery and medication to give them the best life they deserve. It is not their fault how they came into this world and it's not the breed's fault that there are people out there who still treat them like chattel, the legal equivalent of a piece of furniture and not the living, breathing, feeling member of our family unit. So humans, how about instead of banning the breeding of brachycephaly breeds like our beloved pugs, we get behind organisations like Oster's Law who focus on the underlying problem and not the path of least resistance. If you would like to know more about Oscar's Law and how you can get behind the cause that is working so hard to end unethical breeding practices, we've put their website details in the show notes. And on that note, it's your turn to talk pug. I'd love to know your opinion on the article and what you think needs to be done to ensure that your puggies get the best start in life. So please share your stories with us over at our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life, because I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Pug Life Show. If you liked the episode or if you think it'll be useful for someone else, please leave a review over at podchaser.com. And if you've got any questions or want to tell us how much you loved the episode, then let me know over at our Facebook group, Live in the Pug Life, where crazy pug ladies meet to talk all things pug. So until next time, puggies, have a pawsome week and humans be generous with the snackies.